Welcome to the Boy Meets World podcast, where if you listen closely enough, you can hear the engines firing up for the absurdity machine that is the National Basketball Association. NBA games start Tuesday night, if you can believe it, and to kick the season off, I brought on my dear friends Jordan Coots and Caleb Clearman for a little NBA bartender's action, where we compare every team to an alcoholic beverage or situation. This is one of my favorite events of the year, a time-honored tradition, and it didn't disappoint this year. First up is the Western Conference, and then tomorrow we will drop the Eastern Conference version. Enjoy it. All right, welcome, gentlemen. This is uh, is truly a a fantastic fantastic tradition. I'm so glad that that we could finally wrangle up and do this. Uh, This is NBA Bartenders. Technically the third year, but the second year we've done it, all three of us together. Uh, Jordan Coots and Caleb Clearman, how are we doing, boys? Fantastic. Doing well. Good. You're already harmonized. That's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> for, well, we know how well you're doing. First question, though, is uh, what's in what's in the glass, what's in the cup for, for this wonderful episode? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I think, you know, around this time, uh, the seasonals start to come out. And yep. I think the first year that we did, I actually am drinking the same thing as the first year. I have uh, pumpkin hard cider. Yeah, that's exactly what you had. You're a creature. Exactly. Yep. Is it ace? It is. Nice. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going with red wine right now. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I went to uh, dinner at my grandparents last night, and there was leftover red wine, and they're leaving <laughs> for Arizona this week, so they were like, yeah, just take it. There you go. So, Can't turn that down. Yeah. Is that leaving for Arizona like a, like a snowbirds thing, going down there for, for warmth or protection, or like a... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that Arizona is like our, our Florida out there. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah, I always I always said it was Hawaii, but it's actually Arizona. I totally forgot about that. Right. Yeah, they live in like a neighborhood that you have to be at least sixty to buy a house in. Goodness, so we couldn't just go get our like a eight hundred a month place and tear shit up down there. I mean, we probably could, but not in this neighborhood. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, all right, so we are we are at NBA Bartenders three point um, This is uh, one of my favorite events of the year. Is getting to compare all 30 NBA teams to uh, to an alcoholic beverage or situation, as we kind of have had to stretch over the years. There's only so many drinks you can do, so you got to get creative. And uh, we will do just that throughout this episode. We're going to go Western Conference first and then Eastern Conference, uh, 15 teams in each, starting with the Dallas Mavericks. Is anyone dying to uh, to unload their, their alcoholic beverage or situation uh, for Los Mavs? Yeah. Uh. Mine, mine's okay on this one, but I'll start us off. Um, I went with just a rum and coke, and kind of for uh, unusual reasons. Um, I think they have a nice blend of uh, like veterans, of course, Dirk, and then some of the new guys. Um, of course, you got our uh, our guy who leaps out of the building, DSJ, um, and then their top overall pick should be fun in Luca. Um, so we'll see how they mix together, but, um, yeah, just comparing them to the rum and Coke, like they should be good and a really nice blend together. So, um, I'm excited for them. Caleb, what say you? I had kind of a similar type of thing with, uh, with Jaeger bombs, but mostly because I'm just 
very excited for Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic together. It's a fantastic combo that uh, Jordan and I have come to love over the years. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think we're going to see those two on the court together a lot. Uh, the Mavs usually play two point guards at the same time. I was looking five of their six most played lineups last year had two point guards on the court at the same time. So I think they're just kind of going to hand the reins to those guys and, and say go for it, which should be fun to watch. You got to imagine Rick Carlisle um, when posed with the the thought of or so you know someone asking him, hey, would you rather you know continue rolling out Devin Harris and JJ Barea as your two point guards or uh, Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr. That uh, you could just see the the, the like stress and and wrinkles leave his face uh, as that yeah. happens. The, the amount of talent that's entered his life in the last two drafts. Um, is is exponential compared to what he had before. I um I think that uh, with the Mavs, the Coke and Jordan's Roman Coke might be a little flat. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned with uh with their overall just fit together with making that all work. So I said that the, the Dallas Mavericks are, are are like when you order just a fish bowl at a ref- restaurant and the uh, the ingredients are a little unclear. There's no mention of what goes in there. Um, you know, how it's all going to mix together. Luca, Harrison Barnes, Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Dirk, Berea, Wes Matthews. I just don't, I don't know how those pieces fit. And there's just, uh, there's a lot of straws in that fishbowl, um, to, uh, to go around. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I, I my optimism is low, even though I, I really do, uh, think Luca, Luca Doncic is going to be something special. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to be really all that great this year, but they definitely have two building blocks moving forward. Early impressions of Luca from what you've seen, and just the uh, now he's wearing an NBA jersey, and you can officially count what he's doing is real. Yeah, I think he's going to be as advertised, but um, I would say turnover machine this <laughs> year. But that's what you can kind of expect. Yeah, I think that the stuff about his athleticism is. is very true. Like, like he's, he's, he's not a striking athlete, but he's incredibly crafty and, and skilled. And, um, hopefully, hopefully that first part grows and he can become a complete player. Any, any right. thoughts on the Mavericks? Otherwise they become our, our cursed team. Like the Pistons were last year where we spent eight minutes talking <laughs> about them. No, I'm no. good. Adjourned, uh, to the nuggets. We go, uh, the Denver nuggets, Jordan or, uh, Caleb, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah. Uh, I, this was kind of a weird one for me. I I said shotgunning a beer. Okay. Um, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's it's not so great. Um, I I am not entirely sure that they got a lot better this year. It seems like they're really relying on on Murray and Harris to take a big leap. Um, I think they kind of know what they have in Jokic. He's solid big man. The big question with him is is always his defense, but offensively he's you know one of the better big guys in in the league um last year they they lost in that weird it was kind of like a play-in game against the the wolves that last game of the season and then Mm -hmm. i was looking today that as of right now they have the fifth highest win projection in the west um i don't really see that they got really that much better yeah i i agree i think that they're uh, the key piece with them, the key acquisition is getting Paul Millsap for hopefully a whole season. And I think that that part of it was 
uh, was a little bit lost early on, especially figuring things out defensively. I think having him in from day one will make a big difference. I had, uh, to that defensive point, though, I had Denver as um, when you, uh, you know, you get a mimosa in the morning and you ask for the uh, the shot in it. Um, it's bold, right? And it might even be fun, but it's not a good uh, defensive play for the rest of your day. It's a very aggressive long-term strategy, which fits um, fits with Denver being 26th in defensive efficiency last year. Only Phoenix was worse in the West and now you just added Isaiah Thomas, who is not going to help a whole lot of things. So, uh, yeah, offense is the name of the game in Denver, which uh, might do them just well enough, but I think limits their ceiling a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of went the same route as as you, Brandon. Um, I think I've I've done this one in the past, but I always gotta I always gotta throw this in there just for family's sake. But uh, I went with Uncle Ollie's special black pig. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> makes his own makes his own liquor out of the some salty heart, syrup. Sar- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, kind of like you were saying, they're they're fun and they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be good. Um, compete for maybe a four or five six seed in the West. Um, but normally when I'm drinking black pig, it's at nine at night with my family and they're all going to bed half an hour later so just questions and and salt really had my way so um not entirely sure uh if they're gonna if, if if it's really enough to to make a move in the west and and only for reference is is danish right that would have been perfect yes. if he was serbian um to, to, really, <laughs> to really mix those up with with the Jokic piece but uh, close right. enough, at least European. Yes. What did you guys uh, on, on the drafting Michael Porter? Ugh. I think it's perfect I mean, for Denver because it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're True. in the Clippers, it kind of matters. Um, kind of less so than a big market team like the Knicks or something like that. But Denver, I think it's the perfect swing where if it hits, you're not going to get that type of talent coming to Denver very often. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well take a shot at 13 or whatever they got him at. So, yeah. What's that, you, Caleb? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like, if they're going to be good, how much would he have really played this year? So, I I think it's okay just kind of sitting him. And I mean, he has to sit with the injury. But yeah, I mean, moving forward, I think just like watching him, I watched him a lot in high school, and he's an unbelievable talent. It's just, what is he going to be? two years removed from playing a game of basketball. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played in a, in a structure in ever, maybe. I don't know. Uh, right. I don't know how much Brandon Roy was really doing other than just rolling the ball out there and <laughs> Nathan Hale and uh, the Mizzou situation at the end of last year was, uh, was, was a little bit of a, of a sham. So, so who knows rooting for Michael Porter, um, obviously more talent basketball is better. So uh, moving on to the defending champion warriors. Um I'll start with this one. The Warriors obviously, you know, got DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason on top of what they had last year. Uh, I think the Warriors are the best possible bottle of tequila you could possibly order. The highest highest shelf, top top notch. But it's the type of tequila where there's a worm in it. And no one knows if that worm is is gonna is just a placebo. It's just there for show, or if it does what it's supposed to do and just like expands your mind into these crazy places, or <laughs> if that worm makes you regret every decision that you've ever made in your entire life. That worm, my friends, is Demarcus Cousins. I don't know how it's gonna work. Um, it's it could be magical and it could be just 
uh, just pure basketball pornography and they could be unstoppable uh, or it could completely wreck them. And I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I just don't see like we talked about a couple years ago how, you know, I would love to have Kevin Durant ruin that team. But there's just no possible way that it would happen. <laughs> no. And anymore. I just like I just, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is exponentially crazier than Kevin Durant is. But I just don't see it happening with that team. Um, so with that being said, I went with just aged whiskey. I'm not a huge fan of whiskey. I just don't like that style of play that the Warriors bring about. But you got to respect it. And I mean, any great whiskey is going to be good. So, yeah, that's what I went on that one. But I hope they lose. So you hate winning? Is that what we heard? I No, I hate their brand of winning. <laughs> I hate them winning. Yes, I'm, I'm a little over it myself. But uh, yep. yeah, I'm right there with you. Caleb, what do you got? Uh, this one's kind of personal to me but it's a it's a thing i've been doing lately when i go to dinner i just tell the waiter to bring me their favorite cocktail on the menu and then i usually end up being like this is the best drink i've ever had um and that's very similar to the warriors it's like every every year it seems like they just get better and better and better i I don't know who beats them this year uh and like you, you you were saying brandon with adding to marcus like it could backfire in their face but from what I've heard the players saying this off season, it it seems like last year they were kind of missing an edge, and and this year they're saying that winning one for Boogie seems to be the edge that is kind of going to fuel their year, which is scary to think about. Yeah, it's yeah. terrifying. Um, I I thought you were going to say it's like you you just say their favorite cocktail because they just literally couldn't care and they they couldn't be bothered to uh, to open a menu and and figure that out themselves, but. Um, that that also works. So either way, there. Real quick, what's your uh, over under on wins, or do they even care about it during the regular season at this point? Hmm. I don't know. the The line is sixty two. Mm. I was gonna say sixty. Yeah, they won what, like fifty eight last year. I think they're kind of into that. Like, let's go under. We want to, like, you know, we don't care about regular season wins. So I think they might intentionally go under. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. The West is going to be very good this year, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Every team we've talked about right there to this point could be a playoff team. And you know, right. there's only a few, few of them on this list that, that don't qualify for that. Exactly. Uh, any chance they go under 60? I like. I would I would take the over on wins, so I don't think so. Yeah, I think they're going to be right, right in that range. Yeah. Six seems like a good number. Almost like Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on to uh, to the team that, my God, they were close to winning the Western Conference Finals last year, the Houston Rockets. Um, I think we're back up to Jordan starting us up, off here. What do you have with, with Houston? Uh, just a classic night out drink, vodka Red Bull. Um, okay. Just absolute pace in shooting. You know what you're getting from Houston, but they've added more shooters, more weapons on the offensive end. Um yeah, I think like it's another year of can you kind of keep up with Golden State? Can you maybe slow them down to an, to the point where you can compete on offense? And I think offensively, there's no question they have the talent there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how the pieces come together, see if Melo can maybe add, uh, maybe not another dimension, but add some more firepower to this already crazy offensive team. Um, and, yeah, so Vodka Red Bull, just pace and shooting. I like that. Uh, I said it's the the second mixed drink of the night. 
It's good, but it's not as good as the first one. Uh-huh. And I think I think that is uh it's weird to say that a team had a one year window, but I think the Rockets missed their window last year. Really? Yeah. I re- I don't think they got better. I think losing Mbamute and Ariza, I mean he was pretty bad shooting last year, but what what he allowed to do them to do defensively I think was huge and and you saw like not having Mbamute in that Western Conference Finals like fully healthy really hurt them defensively and like the Carmelo thing I like I don't know how many more times we need to see this I, like he's just <laughs> not good at this point um and then the the Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris trade is okay are we sure brandon knight's good i mean he didn't play at all last year coming off an acl um chris paul coming off a bad injury it's it just seems like last year was kind of their year to do it and unfortunately they missed i i agree in that they're that like the one year window aspect of it might totally be valid for no fault or some fault of their own i mean just kind of the the recipe they went after but then also just you know what you have against the warriors you kind of have to be the best version of yourself to to have a chance um and i think i think that the 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 rockets are a bloody mary and i'll tell you why first of all hate bloody marys i'm kind of talking out of my ass on this but (laughs) bloody marys have as i understand them two key ingredients right you have tomato juice and you have vodka if you have those two things you're going to be just fine and the bloody mary is serviceable and does a lot of of people uh very well uh those two ingredients right chris chris paul james harden they have those they will be fine they can walk into 50 wins that way now, what elevates a Bloody Mary from from average to to next level was probably the, the the quality of those two ingredients, sure. But it's the other stuff, right? It's the uh, the crazy olives and celery and shrimp, uh, you know, all that stuff that they have going on in a, in a funky Bloody Mary. My question is, does Houston have that stuff? Because, like like Caleb said, Ariza couldn't really shoot and be a pro- prolific scorer. But I mean, game one against Golden State versus game two, where they had a reason to switch on to, to Hart or to, to Durant, was just night and day. And and I think that you just don't have that type of guy. And even just like how well that defense switched last year, any new element of that, of guys who haven't played like that before, is going to take some adjusting to. And, and just throwing like, you know, James Ennis into that and saying, you know, you can work because you kind of have the same body type. I don't know if it quite works like that. And that's. That's what I'm concerned about is whether they have the auxiliary pieces outside of Harden and Paul to make it happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think in that aspect they might have gone down, but like, I mean, Caleb mentioned you don't have Umpa Mute for, or at least a, a healthy Umpa Mute for uh, that series. So to me, like, without having him in that series, that's that's a sim- similar to what they're bringing to the table this year. True. And I, th- I, d- I think Ennis is good. Marquis Chris good. is their. As they're starting for, I don't know what what's well, going to happen there. What I bet Chris, PJ what Tucker. Was that, what was that Chris stat line the other night that you sent me? Oh my god! I think he had he was he had oh my god nine minutes. He had four fouls and seven turnovers. It was something insane, maybe five. And nine, like I can't believe, like how did he get the ball six times and he turned over five times? Like it's crazy. Yeah. But um, I think PJ Tucker is going to like play far more minutes than Marquis Chris. Um, 
Definitely. And then honestly, like a like an understated guy on that team who I think could have a nice little bounce back year is Michael Carter Williams. I think he could kind of play that, you know, he can guard twos, he can guard threes, like ones as well. I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah. Or at least at least tall and lanky. So maybe he's a guy who I mean, you're not expecting him to go out and match up against KD, but like at least do a serviceable job against against some twos and threes. Yeah, it sh- it should be fun because I mean, just just uh, Daryl Morey's equity of like he goes out and gets weird guys like that, and you just kind of have to trust it because it's it's yeah. not it's not a fluke that they picked those guys out of everyone that was uh, right. that was available to go go out and get there. So um, yeah, it should be fun with the rocket with the Rockets. I think that they are easily one of the league's two or three more fascinating teams. Um, even if I don't really like watching them that much, I, I still think that they're an important piece to this puzzle because they could be the uh, the Warriors buster that the league needs. Um, all right, that was that was a lot of time on the Rockets, but as we mentioned, important team in the NBA. Uh, to the Clippers we go. Um, Caleb, you're up. Yeah, for, for the Clippers, I had Jordan already used this one. I had the Vodka Red Bull. Um, it's They don't really have a whole lot to work with, but I think it's going to be high energy, and I think it's going to be fast. Um, I, I like what they did in the draft this year it seems like they probably should have tried to trade up but they got two guys that they like a lot that can score off the dribble so um it it, i mean it's going to be a lot different team than than the lob city clippers that we've kind of known the last few years no deandre this year no blake after the trade last year so it's going to be a bunch of new faces but it's some interesting pieces that just play high energy above the rim type of basketball still there we go. Um, I had the Clippers as I, I introduced you both to this concept um, this this Christmas. We'll have to get have a little get together, and you can have some of this <laughs> Swedish glug. Um, glug is a is a is a long kind of mold wine, low and slow. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's red wine, vodka, uh, <laughs> almonds, and raisins, and then sugar. And it just you just let it go all day. It's it's wonderful. Um, it's it, but it takes some time, right? You want it nice and warm when you have it. You want the the the, the raisins to kind of set in. Uh, but they're playing the long game here. You have uh, Shea Gillis Alexander, Jerome Robinson, uh, Sandarius Thornwell, some guys like that that are kind of on the back burner that you just kind of got to let them grow into that. Um, but then you also kind of have the the fun stuff. I mean, the thing about Glug is you don't. You don't pour all of it in at once, so you have some vodka to play around with. You have some wine to play around with, and that's what you have with, uh, you know, with um, our boy. Uh, how am I blanking on this name? The the guy that was traded for for Blake Griffin. Boban. No, not not Boban. <laughs> Technically Boban, but not Boban. Tobias Harris. Yeah, Tobias Harris. There we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Tobias Harris is just like a nice fun piece, as is Beverly and Gallinari and all that. And I think they're kind of doing um like. A baby version of the Celtics, where you have like a, a decent team now and kind of a shadow team coming up uh, in the weeds. So I, I like what the Clippers are doing. Yeah, I took I took mm, kind of a, a similar approach, but maybe with a harsher onset. Um, I think it's gonna there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve for some of these players. I love Gilgeous Alexander. I think he's gonna be awesome. Um, but with that being said, there's just like a lot of new different pieces here, like. Beverly got hurt last year. Bradley's new as a year ago. Like, it's just going to take some, um, I, I guess, more cohesive unit coming together. So I went with gin shots. Not God. really fun at the, not really fun at the onset or Whatever. tasty. Yeah, but 
they get you there eventually. So I think that's where this team is going. Like eventually you're going to see a fun product, um, but harsh at the onset. I have a question for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is this your way of telling us that you've started taking gin shots? I actually have taken a fair amount of gin shots and (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) uh, you, you know, I like gin, I guess, but like, (laughs) yeah, with tonic. Yeah. Right. Nah. All right. Not tonic, but soda, but yeah. Quickest way between two points is a straight line. I, I, that's right. I appreciate that thinking. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem with with your logic there. I'm just a little more concerned about you, but that's a that's a that's a conversation for after the podcast, I guess. Um, all right, so on to the Lakers we go, and then on to Jordan's intervention after that. Uh, to the Lakers, uh, okay. So in college, we used to do this thing called called Mystery Box, and it was like a a very much a a Saturday night. Um, no one's really around, but we have just enough people throw in five bucks you basically trust two or three guys to to take this pooled money and to come back with two boxes full of of uh just miscellaneous uh goodies including such favorites as uh coco locos which are the tall um four locos of the coconut flavor uh mad dog 2020 or 4040 or whatever it is um, 40s, uh, Smirnoff Ices, you know, wine bags, all of the, the favorite things. That's what I think the Lakers are in that there's all this stuff in there and it's fun. It's a fun concept, right? You got LeBron, you got Kuzma, Lance, uh, Rondo. Oh, look at JaVale over there. What's he doing? And it's so fun. And then you start having some of this stuff and you're like, this is not going to work out for any of us. Like we have got to just really focus on one or two of these ingredients and go from there. And I think that's what we have with the Lakers because uh, it's 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 just a fun concept until until they're like seven and ten and LeBron's like what the hell is this get get out of here Michael Beasley um, type thing that's going to happen early in this season. Uh, yeah, I I like that take. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I I definitely went a different route because I think ultimately I think it's going to work. Like I don't think they're going to be a championship like contender at least like not this year, but. I think LeBron's going to make it work. Um, so I went with like just a classic fruity vodka drink, like something that you don't want to admit to that you like it, but it just tastes so good. Mm. And I think they're going to put a good, fun, really fun product on the on the court eventually. I mean, it might might take a little bit of time, but I think it's going to work out. Do you want to admit to what yours is right now? <laughs> I don't even know. It's pink panty droppers. I'd drink that all day. <laughs> Stay tuned on, on that, by the way. Um, all right, Caleb, what do you got? Uh, I had this is shot one of an all-night party. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies to that, yeah, this we have this weird group of basketball players this year, but this is not the Lakers that we're going to see when they make a push for the title. I think this is... We got LeBron. We're happy with that, but there's a bigger a bigger plan here, and that involves adding some more pieces. Whether that means trading some of the young guys they have now, or going after some of the bigger names in free agency the next couple of years. How many of Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, and Hart survive this season as Lakers? Oof. This season, I think I think all of them. It might be this off season 
or next year where they start moving some of those guys. Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, I I don't see more than one of them leaving. Like, if there's some blockbuster deal out there, like I don't I don't think they would have a problem shipping off a few of those guys. But they've always said that Ingram's essentially untouchable. Um, the other guys, I I think they could make a deal for, but I don't really see it happening. All right, yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm just I I just worry that Josh Hart uh, bricks a three at the end of a game. And then the next day he turns into Kyle Korver. I think that 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 possibility is always legitimate in a in a LeBron team. Yeah. So I I had a question for you guys about the Lakers. Sure. If you mm-hmm. if you remove LeBron, he's just sitting off to the side right now, and you have last year's Cavaliers roster and this year's Lakers roster. Which one is better? So like the last year's th- this this year's Cavs with Colin Sexton. No, no, no. Last, last, last year's Cavs without LeBron, or this year's Lakers without LeBron. Which is a which would you rather have? Going forward, I would rather have this year's Lakers. I think I agree. So why why can't he take this group to the finals too? Because it's a bunch of crazy idiots on this team, and it's the I West. Think they're fun. I think this roster has more talent than that Cavs roster did last year, though. Talent wise, yeah, but like comfort. Uh, just like knowing your personnel, like LeBron was comfortable playing with these guys. There's not another, like there's, there's no, I mean, Kyrie wasn't on that team, but there's no like Kyrie. There's no Kevin Love who you can, you know, and trust. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think, I think this year's team, if, if like those two teams played and like you said that like just a pickup, you know, best of seven series between those two, that year, that Cavs team might actually, win the series but if you played that best of seven this next offseason it would be uh, like the, the the lakers would sweep like I, I think that the the talent is just on the cusp um and it ha- kind of has to be either right now or on the cusp of next year otherwise it's it's not on lebron's timeline so uh yeah it's an interesting question though kind of flipping that script real, real quick do you think that lebron on this team or what team do you think is LeBron is more important to the Cavs last year or the Lakers this year? Cavs last year. Yeah. Probably Cavs last year. Because, because if, if he goes away from last year's Cavs, they just don't have anything. They don't have an offense. Whereas this year's Lakers team, like there's nine guys who's like, I can play offense. I would love to play offense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To that same tooth. I think there's like LeBron can only do so much for, for this year's Lakers team. Like you can't control eight, young guys who have a mind of their own mm-hmm. yeah it's weird so that, that there's a possibility of a lebron team just kind of like punting on a season and not trying to make it a title run like we haven't seen that in what eight years so funny that his, I don't fir- even, his first team never did that for whatever reason yeah i don't even think they have to like they have to punt because i mean they can just like they're the lakers and they have lebron they can go into next year's free agency and feel good about where they're at no matter what yeah yeah. So just go all out. Yeah, it's like an untimed down, I think, this year right. for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be fa- fun and fascinating. Like I, it's it's must see TV. Uh, however, I uh, I have my questions of how many how many get. Like th- that's another one. Like are they? It just say it's fifty two and a half for the Lakers. I think it's actually like forty nine and a half. Here I got it right here. Uh, forty seven and a half. Wow. Okay. Mm. I uh, God. I think they, I think they go over. Like I think they, 
win 50 games. I would agree. Probably. By the end of the year, that team's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. In whatever form it is. Um, Right. And you definitely want to play them in the playoffs. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if they're a six seed, that's that's just... Like, if Denver's the four and they have to to host L.A., like, that's just a, a huge bummer on a franchise. Um, yes. All right, let's move on to uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I let off, so that means we're back to Jordan. What do you have for the Grizz? Uh, I went with Bud Light. Okay. Um, something something that's you know it's been around. It's kind of bland. You know what you're expecting, but it's leading somewhere. You're you're going to a game. You're going to a night out. Um, they kind of had to, to do what they're doing. They it just didn't seem like there were too many options for them. I like Jaron Jackson, and then you got Gasol again for another year, and then see what happens with Conley. So this is kind of like that. I hate to get complacent or like in a holding pattern, but that's kind of where Memphis is. Um, and I don't think you can be like too upset about it because I just don't think there were a lot of options. So they kind of had to do this. So that's where I'm going with Memphis. Similar color schemes too, but like and uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I I went a route. This is more of a uh, drinking scenario, and it's one that Jordan knows very well. I said, um, "Gin shots." This, <laughs> I said, this is the peacock in Corvallis, like two weeks before school starts, and it's like the students are are slowly starting to creep back towards the peacock, and then you get there, and it's just all these these older guys that are sitting around, and they're looking at you kind of weird. They're like, "Oh, dang, school's about to start again." And those yeah. older guys, I feel like, are are Gasol and Conley, and all these like twenty twenty one year olds are are rolling into the locker room, and they're just like, who's in session? Who the heck are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just it's Dylan Brooks and his posse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's great, and some some local flair for sure. I um, you guys never took me to the Peacock. I feel a little insulted, but that's all right. Um. We're going to my Memphis equivalent, which I is along the same lines as, as Jordan, but also kind of of Caleb. Uh, I think Memphis is Dos Equis. Dos Equis by okay. itself is not that not that great of a beer, but it's it's solid, serviceable, gets you there. Kind of what Memphis topped out as is like you know I made a Western Conference Finals, um, gave Golden State a run for their money at the, the that first Curry year, our first Curry MVP year. Uh, and Dos Equis for a long time just had incredible marketing, right? It was like the most interesting man in the world, held them up, held that very okay beer up for a long time. But you keep doing most interesting man in the world over and over and over, and all of a sudden you run out of stuff to do. And I think that that's what the Grizzlies have done here as they continue to run back Conley and Gasol um, for for this year. I think that they have officially tapped that out in terms of uh, how much that duo can really accomplish in the NBA. Although I do think that just as Dosekis has tried to kind of go younger and inject some some newness into their marketing, uh, then Jared Jer- Jackson is the absolute truth and might have a game this season where he has ten blocks. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I'm not really sure what to think of of Jared Jackson. Like, if you look at his college numbers, it it's like why was this guy such a high draft pick? But then you. You kind of look what he's able to do on a basketball court, and it's like, yeah, okay. And I wonder how much him and Gasol are going to play together this year. Yeah, he disappeared from games a lot. Like there were games late in the in the in the Michigan State season where I was expecting to see more. And I granted, this kid is eighteen. I get it. 
that like you can have a bad game. But um, at that level, I just sometimes you want to see flashes, and I feel like there were games where Jaron was just a little absent from from that. But Jordan, you are you are our man on the ground for Big Ten basketball. Are, are, are we nuts? No, I mean he he absolutely demolished Illinois when I watched that game. Like he was taking the ball three quarters court and like just going coast to coast, blocking shots all over the place. And I didn't even know who he is at the at the beginning of the season. And they were like, oh yeah, Big Ten freshman of the year, possibly. Okay, like name grew and grew and kept on watching him. And yeah, the the kid's really good. Like pure stroke, 40% from three point line in college. Like he's he's going to be a do it all kind of player. Yeah, I hope so. I think that, that um, you know, that kind of upside and, and his ability is <laughs> probably spooks a little bit some people in Memphis of like, did we just get a shame to beat again? But I, I you know, we're talking about <laughs> completely different players in terms right. of their yeah. actual offensive skill um, yeah. and even athleticism too. I think that Jackson could run circles around, around to beat. So uh, hopefully that works out for them. But yeah, I'm just a little wary that, that the Memphis thing has, has run its course on to Minnesota. Uh, the, the, this one, I, I could switch my thing to this is the gin shot team because this team is just <laughs> grossing me out right now. But, um, but Caleb, what do you have for him? Uh, this is the death cup and rage cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, they can't go. They can't start the season with with this. It just seems like it's going to be an absolute disaster. I I couldn't agree more. I think that if they yep. if they keep it as is and continue to to pass on these trades that are basically status quo trades, uh, it just is is going to end up really sinking their season of of not accomplishing what Tibbs wants of going to the playoffs. Uh, first of all. Thank you for calling it Rage Cage because uh, I try and force that issue out here, and people are like, "What?" I'm like, "Chandelier." How about that? And they're like, "Oh God, okay." Chandelier. I, <laughs> I know it's 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 garbage. It's it's Rage Cage. It always will be. Um, but anyways, my my equivalent for this Minnesota is deciding to not puke and rally when you really <laughs> need to puke and rally. Um, and this is a situation that I know is very near and dear to all of our hearts here. Minnesota is in a situation where they are at a critical pivot point in their in their their trajectory of Carl Towns and Anthony Wiggins or Andrew Wiggins's development, Carl Anthony Towns, um, and they are taking the let's just keep going and hope this works out when they need to just purge this situation, extract any value they can from Jimmy Butler uh, before this thing gets worse. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I'm in the camp that you got to trade Jimmy Butler if you think there's an offer that's that's good enough. Like, you need something in return because he's not coming back. And I don't think like this team doesn't go anywhere this year. Like, they're not they're not good enough to make a ton of noise in the West. So I think you got to cut your losses. But my as is with Jimmy on that team, I said this team is buying a fifteen dollar drink at the bar as your first drink at midnight. Like, it's just like that's a terrible position you want to be in. It's not going to work out. Um, and then, I mean, if they trade Jimmy, that's buying a $5 drink at the bar as your first drink at midnight. Or like, It can go one of two ways. Or you just bought that $15 drink and then the guy next to you, after they just closed the bar, says, hey, can I have $20 for that drink? And you said, yes, sold. <laughs> All yours. Um, and that I feel Take like... Take it and leave. Yeah, exactly. That's the situation they're in. If you had to pick one uh, for, for Jimmy, if, assuming it's the Miami Heat, because I think it will be, if anything... Uh, you can only have one one player, Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, Bam Adebayo. Who do you take if you're if you're Minnesota? Well, it it sounds like that might have like 
falling apart. I know, but for some re- weird reason. But I still feel like that they they are gonna talk themselves into a deal with them. Like that's so bad. You, like I can't believe it would maybe only be that little. But and a I just think you. I just think you can't go. You can't go. Well, I guess you could go. Bam. But I. Th- it sounds like they just want Josh Richardson really, really badly. But I like him over Winslow for sure. Caleb, yeah, pretty big. Winslow's offensive game hasn't really translated or, or grown like I had hoped it would. I mean, he's very good defensively, but yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess I'd take Bam. I don't I don't know though. Like, yeah. it, I just feel like Tibbs can't be happy. Like he didn't take this job to to start a rebuild. He took that job because he thought they had a chance to like compete for a title. Does does he say no to Josh Richardson because he knows that uh, Josh Richardson coming in would take Derek Rose's starting spot away from him? <laughs> and uh, he can't do that. It's a real no, real thought without Thibodeau. Thanks. He'll I, push I, he'll push Wiggins out the out the lineup before he honestly, before he removes. <laughs> oh God! Too real! Too real! Okay, on to the Thunder. Um, who the statute of limitations has run out on on the Thunder. Uh, Nick Collison is officially retired. We can treat them uh, as a semi-normal basketball team. Wait, you you skipped the Pelicans. You're right. You're right. I did. I totally did. I just I, I why I'm so sorry. Um, we will. We'll, <laughs> let's just go to the Thunder now because I want to talk about the Thunder. We'll get we'll go oh, to okay. the Orleans after that. Um, okay. So the 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 Thunder. Nick Collison's out. You can treat them as a normal team. Um, and they, they got rid of Melo, had kind of an incredible offseason considering how, how dreary it looked at the end of last season and after Melo opted in. Um, but they, they get rid of Melo and bring in Dennis Schroeder instead um, in a trade with Atlanta. And I think that Oklahoma City via that is, uh, is like when you, when you drink a, a couple Budweiser's and then you have a, a Bud Light afterwards and you're like, wow, I feel like a million bucks because this Budweiser was like literally inhaling a brick uh, and this Bud Light is, is basically water. And I think that, that them getting lighter, faster, getting rid of Mello, bringing in Nerlens Noel, uh, Jeremy Grant back, um, Terrence Ferguson kind of in his second year, I think that, that they're just going to play a lot more breakneck and at Westbrook's level in terms of energy and, uh, and open court ability that I think this team got better uh, as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. I... I... I tend to agree with kind of the like the same line of thought um, for the for the same reasons like the the speed and just the youth. I think it's going to work in their favor. Like you have to if you have Westbrook, you have to surround him with players that are like minded and can run at least try to keep up with him. And so if if you're going to go that route, um, that's what you got to do. Um, and so I went with uh, one of the old school four locos, like mm-hmm. just pure octane. You just got to you just got to run with it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I like, I hate to say it, but like, I kind of like this Oklahoma city look. Um, I, one thing that's really interesting is to see how Schroeder, 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 uh, how he does, um, working as like maybe playing alongside Westbrook playing as his backup. Like I'm interested to see how he does, um, or fits in with the lineup. Uh, but I mean, they got guys, uh, who like, they should, someone should pan out. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is Jordan. You had the, uh, I, I hate to admit it, but I, I like this drink earlier. So 
the Oklahoma City Thunder for me are is it's White Claw. Uh, <laughs> okay. I I love what they did. It it's you said it, Brandon. It seemed like it was just going to be an absolute disaster this offseason. After after Melo opted in, they re-signed Jeremy Grant and were like a bazillion dollars over the the luxury tax line, and then somehow they were able to trade Carmelo. Paul George re-signed. Like they signed Nerlens. They drafted Hammy Diallo, who I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think this team's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, I, I totally forgot the sequence of events there that Melo opts in. I think. I mean, okay, so not really. I don't know the the events, but just just the fact that season ends, they lose uh, in the first round to the Jazz. And then the the situation is as such that Melo's definitely going to opt in for all that money, and Paul George is definitely going to the Lakers. And then you have Russ, Melo, and a lot of money being owed to, uh, to you know the Stephen Adams of the world, and you can't go sign anyone. Just and from where they were there to where they are now, where like fifty five wins is totally on the books. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a crazy turn of events. It it seemed like they were in a world of hurt and they somehow brainwashed Paul George and then somehow <laughs> brainwashed the Hawks into that trade. I, I still don't understand that trade. Like getting Dennis Schroeder, I think really helps them. I think he's going to be similar to when, when Reggie Jackson was there is yep. kind of mm. that, that second unit guy. And there's been a lot of talk of is Russ finally going to learn to play off the ball instead of just like standing in like not even the corner, like the corner by half court, so he's not even involved in the play at all. Um, I think that's going to be a big piece for that offense this year. Is if if he can learn how to like run off screens and and catch and shoot, like that could be deadly. Yeah, I I uh, I think I mean, selfishly, I'm very into this because as we know, I have a a, a bet tied up in Dennis Schroeder's All Star potential <laughs> and um, seeing what happened to Victor Oladipo after he played with Westbrook is really inspiring to me that something, something might resuscitate Dennis Schroeder's uh, once held promise to, to become an all-star. So (laughs) prayers up that that happens Uh, to the Pelicans. We go, uh, (laughs) let's start with, I think Jordan, you're back up. Um, For them. I went with the mint mojito. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. They're like, they're kind of interesting. I like that. They got Randall, and they got Nico, like, you know, towards the end of the season last year. So they got a bunch of bigs that are fun. But Drew Holiday had an outstanding season. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of – I'm buying in for now as, like, we'll see what can kind of happen on this happy hour drink. And then um, kind of like a play-it-by-ear type scenario. But for now, I, I honestly – I kind of like what they did. They'll stick around. Yeah. All right. Caleb, what do you got? I had this is the last call beer. Last call comes, you run over to the bar. It's like, uh, should should we do this again? And you're like, yeah, we should absolutely do this again. <laughs> um, I I know Anthony Davis is is signed for three more years, but I, for some reason it feels like this kind of might be the make or break year. Like, I know they won a playoff series last year, but I think they need to show Anthony Davis that this team can be competitive i don't think it was an accident that he signed with clutch this offseason and lebron has ended up in la i think that could be in play for anthony davis in the future i also think 
100% Anthony Davis is going to be in Space Jam 2. Um, that <laughs> he talked about later, As though. villain or what? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing Sean Bradley's role. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but, yeah, you said it, Jordan. They they had a great end of the season last year, but it, it just seems like if you're Anthony Davis, how much longer do you want to stay in this kind of mediocrity at at some point, he has to realize, hey, I, I could maybe be the best player in this league. I want to go win a title. I uh, I am much in line with, with both of you. A, that I think the Pelicans are interesting. I, I, I like what Julius Randle brings to the table. I just don't know if you can get Randle, uh, uh, Anthony Davis, and Miritich on the court at the same time very often. And yeah. when you can't get your three, three of your four best players on the court at the same time, uh, it doesn't really bode well. Um, and we'll talk about the Kings later, who uh, are, are just perennially that type of team. Uh, but anyways, so I, I do think that they're interesting. I like I like what they have. Drew Holiday showed a lot in that playoff series against Portland. Uh, I think that the Pelicans are a party where you didn't buy enough booze. And it's very clear that you are going to run out and people are going to start leaving. Because um, this might be fun and, you know, good music, good vibes. But you're, uh, you're, you're, you're in need of a run. And uh, in that time, I think that they... Uh, they are unfortunately going to lose Anthony Davis either by natural natural progression of him, you know, leaving at the end of his contract or forcing the issue uh, at some point this season or this summer. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. All right, we are in agreement about the. Where the... do you think he he ends up if he gets traded? Who who are the likely? I think Anthony Davis is living in my neighborhood in a couple of years. <laughs> that would really be something i think that there's a giant shamrock in his chest and i think that um that will coincide well with uh al horford's peak and uh decline i think that those mm. those two things are not not uh mutually exclusive mm. yeah stay tuned um all right to phoenix i think my alphabet is back on um <laughs> caleb you can start us what do you have for the sons who fired their gm uh, a, yeah. week, a week before the season uh, today. Yeah, this is this is one that I know Jordan can really relate to as well. Um, it was having a bunch of drinks and then going to Sancho's and taking a bunch of tequila shots. And it's like, why why do we continue to do this to ourselves? <laughs> it it just it seemed like they were headed in the right direction. They had all these promising young pieces. It it seemed like. This could be a year they finally started to put some stuff together. I think Aiton's going to be unbelievable. And then, like you said, Brandon, they just up and fire their GM today after hiring a new coach this offseason. Devin Booker's hurt to start the year. He might be hurt insane. And rich. He's fighting his teammates. I, I don't I don't know what to make of this Phoenix team. Yeah, it, it ain't good. Um, I I have Phoenix as, and this is this is something very near and dear to, to you guys because you introduced me to this fine game or or event. Uh, but the the Phoenix Suns played Thunderstruck a little too early in the night. Um, <laughs> yep. I uh, I witnessed this firsthand. I unleashed Thunderstruck on a, on a couple of friends of mine uh, this New Year's at like nine fifteen p.m. and uh, it didn't didn't end up so well for for Bad some idea. of my friends and. Uh, so it, it it's it's a great thing and it's it's a lot and it's it's like the final hump to to really get you over. But if you do it too early, it kind of kind of messes the vibe up. Um, just to recap, what Phoenix did this summer, they draft Aiden right, and then they they trade uh, their 2020 
uh, first-round draft pick to get Mikael Bridges instead of picking Zaire Smith, who Zaire Smith is looks like the kind of guy who could really be something down the road. And when they picked Zaire Smith, people were like, oh, great pick. And then they did that. And they're like, to oh, be fair, I love Mikael Bridges. Though. So, so do I, so do I, but it was just, it was just funny because like you just let Bridges go and you pick Zaire Smith and then you have a 2020 pick. And I, I think everyone's okay with that. Uh, yeah. Then you pay $15 million for Ariza, who is basically going to sit on Bridges minutes uh, right off the bat. And, and that was weird. You extend Booker before you had to, you pay him $30 million a year for the next five years Booker responds by breaking his hand mysteriously. You trade the bad Brandon Knight contract for an even worse Ryan Anderson contract. Uh, mm-hmm. You trade Marquise Chris in that deal uh, to pick up basically DeAnthony Melton, uh, the point guard out of USC, who they could have drafted instead of picking another point guard instead of of Melton and Ilya Kobo, who I also like. Uh, it just it none of it makes any sense, and it's just it. I I'm confused, and especially when you fire your GM on top of do it after doing all of those things. Um, I I just this is an organization that screams organizational chaos. Yeah, no, I'm I'm directly in line with what yeah, you guys and, are saying. And on top of that, they had literally the entire team there to watch Aiton's workout this summer, and it seemed like hey, we have this this culture that we're trying to instill. And Aiton's going to fit right into that, and then it you just throw all of that away, it seems like. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, I think they got they got certain things done, albeit maybe not like the best way, but at least they have some of the guys set in place that they need. Like they have Booker. I, I mean, I think they're, they're thinking that Josh Jackson's going to be a cornerstone for a while, so they have him, and they have Aiton. Like then you can kind of build around those guys. So at least you have that going forward. Um, I don't think they have a starting caliber point guard. No, so that's uh, that's pretty tough in today's uh, NBA. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to you guys. I said it's a beer bong when it's still light out. Like it's, <laughs> you, you know, it's fun. They're young. You it's know getting about started. That. But you have like you really don't know what's going to happen. It, it could go any which way. So. Um, yeah, I like, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. Like they need a point guard. How do they not have a point guard? I will say with with the point guard thing, I feel like they might try to do kind of what, with the Rockets do with Harden and just Booker's kind of your, your point guard. I don't know if that works for him. Yeah. It, I don't know. The, 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 the Harden thing was kind of like, okay, we're seeing it enough in a small sample size. We could make this work and we have the perfect coach for this. And, and we have like, you know, the, the idea behind all of this figured out before they did that. I think it was with, with Phoenix, whenever you copy someone else doing that, it's kind of inherently going to go worse than, yeah than it working out. I mean, I just, Booker hasn't, to me, shown that that that's the kind of player he can be. No. Um. So, but then, yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's it's like a lot I'm, of question marks. I'm all for putting the ball in your best player's hands, but I don't think Booker like he's a good passer, but he doesn't have James Harden type passing skill. Right. Like, yeah. I just don't think it would go super well. And then you have guys who like demand the ball, like T.J. Warren. Ryan Anderson is a catch and shoot guy, but like. I don't know. I don't think that would go over super smoothly. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird in Phoenix in all three of our drink choices. Uh, both <laughs> thunderstruck at nine p.m. beer pong in the daytime and uh, extra tequila shots on top of a pretty good buzz going. Um, it, 
all kind of scream the exact same thing of why why is phoenix <laughs> doing any of, of what they're doing uh we shall see I, I root for it because you know a lot of promising players in that team but but um yeah. a lot remains to be seen uh yeah. for portland right what's up jared <sighs> um we got we got some 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 pdx fans listening for sure um i think it is back to jordan no it's it's you oh it is me yeah okay, great um, I had this team. I had this drink as a different team last year, but I, I was pretty sure I didn't use it on Portland, and I checked and I didn't. Uh, Portland is Edward Forty Hands. Uh, they are locked oh. in, taped up, double double duct taped to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and Terry Stotts is that tape uh, wrapped around <laughs> their hands. They are Neil Olshey. <laughs> Neil Olshey just just yeah, he he wound it all up. Um, 40 ends is a great time, right? It's a, it's a great galvanizing experience. Um, it's really fun to try and, you know, urinate when you have no control over your hands. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, uh, important, um, fun time. However, you're stuck with it and it kind of sucks sometimes. And it has definitely a, uh, a lot of drawbacks. And I think that that's what Portland has. Um, however, uh, he, after hearing that Yusuf Nurkic can hit threes, I think that there might be a little bit of a splash of orange juice in these forties um, <laughs> because uh, things are looking up. That 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 caught my interest for sure today. Can I can I read the text that you sent us last night at like ten thirty? <laughs> yeah, I already forget, but yeah, you just sent us a screenshot of of our guy Kevin Pelton saying. It takes a while for Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> to load up to shoot a three, but he looks to have good touch with it. And you said, wait, what? And I said, that's not real. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds completely made up. And it looks it looks kind of made up when you watch him shoot, too. Yeah, it looks like this. the Portland Trailblazers social media team um, <laughs> worked really hard on making that happen all summer. <laughs> I don't think it looks like – it doesn't look terrible. Like – I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He hits one a game. That'd be awesome. Oh, it's so awesome. I'm all for it. But yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. Out, of, out of nowhere. Uh, all yeah. right. So I think Jordan, you're next. Sure. Um, I went with uh, gin and juice. Like I feels like Portland, like a lot of the teams we're talking about, like it's just, they're kind of stuck in this like monotonous cycle and gin and juice was great. Like five, seven, ten years ago. 10 no not 10 10 years um, <laughs> freshman year was nuts yeah 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 right um but it's just kind of like every year you know there's some turnover of players but it just doesn't seem like the whole whole roster is any you know it's not any better or worse than than years before so i i don't think they're gonna make a huge improvement unless someone has a a, a big uptick in production uh Myers Leonard. Zach Collins. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> White uh, for, yeah. for for Portland I, I said it's the beer you've been holding on to for too long. It it's still mm. kinda good. It's not as good as it was ten minutes ago. And I don't really know what, what the game plan is with, with Portland moving forward. They have swung and missed on the last few drafts pretty badly. <laughs> um, and it's pretty You're already much done with Zach, aren't you? It's pretty much the Dame and CJ show at this point, and we've kind of seen what what that is. I don't know how that gets much better than it was last year. Um, 
but I mean, yeah, you get you guys have have kind of hit it that they they need something. They need kind of a miracle from one of those guys that they've drafted in the last few years, and I I really don't see it happening. I'm just curious if if we do this again next year, are we saying basically the same thing? Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. It feels like this might be the last year of of seeing those guys in Blazers jerseys together. I agree. And I, and and I, I, I love who, both of those players, though. Who who yep. has a higher trade value? Uh, I'd still say Dame. It's funny because I think Dame, if you want to just like like the Knicks, if they just were like, we want a star to start this shit off tomorrow, you go get Dame. But if you're if you're like a contender. You're like we just need we just need juice. We need a, you know, a, a secondary ball handler who can score. You go get McCollum, and so I feel like yeah. to, to two different teams, uh, they'd have that, two different that's choices. That's a good point. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for fit, like Lillard might not be your guy, but McCollum can kind of go wherever it seems like. It's it's just you know running on the treadmill at this point. If if they continue to to run those yeah. two guys back, uh, how, however right. fun it is. Uh, to the Kings, who you know, oh. uh, Marvin Bagley went to Duke. <laughs> so Caleb, you have them over over forty five points, right? Uh, uh, sure. In the next four years <laughs> combined, yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. So I think um, Jordan, you start us off. What do you have for most Kings? Uh, I said killing wounded soldiers the morning after drinking. <laughs> um, yeah, you're turning a hangover to a hang on at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, they have some, I guess, some young pieces. Like I, I do like some of them, but like it's the same thing that we've been talking about with the Kings forever. So I just don't like they could have LeBron for all. No, that's going too far. But you know what I'm saying? Like the organization – to this point hasn't shown anything to where they can put like a serviceable product out on the floor. Caleb, yeah. what do you got? Uh, I said getting iced. It's, <laughs> it started off as kind that of, can a be kind of fun where it was like, Hey, look, look how bad the Kings are. We can kind of laugh at them. And now it's just, I, I feel bad for who's ever getting iced <laughs> in this. Yeah. You know, it's the Kings. It's like icing the person that hates being iced because they can't chug. <laughs> They've yes. drafted in the lottery every year since 2007, oh and God. only oh my God, that's and, absurd. And listen to this: only three of those players are still on the team, and two of them are Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, who are their last two picks. Oh, whoa! My that's kind of what about Willie Cauley Stein? Yeah, he's the other one. Okay. Oh, wow. that's, so that's three. So Three tough. of their last twelve lottery picks are still on the team. Um, wow, my God! Uh, I had the I had the Kings as as too many fat or tall fat Tuesdays. So the tall Vegas drinks, uh, you get oh, one. Yeah. You 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 know that's fun. Fine, great. Two, you're pushing it. Three is just is uh is an absurd quantity, and you're 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 passed out in a in a <laughs> corner, <laughs> a poorly lit corner somewhere. <laughs> Uh, Cauley Stein, Bagley, and Harry Giles are your cornerstones outside of the Aaron Fox. You have no wing talent really other than Bogdanovich. Um, I just I do like Bogdanovich. I do like Bogdanovich too, but I just I think yeah. that you're relying on him to do all of the shooting. 
Um, yeah, it's it's Not good. that's never a good recipe. Um, my question to you: We don't need to spend any more time on the Kings. Uh, any any sort of like, let's treat this as a real analysis team because we know the Kings are going to win twenty five games, and that's just how it goes. Um, name the four highest paid Sacramento Kings. Uh, Buddy Healed. Nope. Really? Nope. Oh God. Uh, um... Marvin Bagley. Nope. He's fifth. Really? Though. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh God, this is really tough. Who do they even have? Yeah, I don't even. Jesus, how do we not? Zach Randolph is their number one highest paid player. Stop. Iman Shumpert is their second highest paid player. Oh, Anyone God, wanna... it's getting worse. I don't even know how Shumpert ended up on that team. It just kind of like crept over there of like bad things find the Kings. Is Ben McElmore still there? Nah, Bogdanovich is their third, and then Costa Kufos is their fourth highest paid player. Jesus. Oh my goodness. It is so gross in Sacramento. Uh, I kind of just want to like wash my hands and move on to another team. But yeah, the ineptitude just, just knows no depths for the kids. <laughs> uh to a to a to an equally sad situation for a different reason, uh to the to the San Antonio Spurs, who we just found out today, DeJounte Murray. Uh, will be missing this season with a torn ACL, which is really too bad because he was set to explode. People were talking about his jump shot as being much improved, which is really just the last part of his game um, into being, you know, a, a true, you know, close to 20 game scorer, lead point guard for that team. So uh, DeJounte, get well soon, please. Uh, you're one of my favorite players for sure. And I know that's echoed on this podcast, but anyways, uh, mm-hmm. to the Spurs who, you know, lost Kawhi Leonard, lots of lots of turmoil there. Um, and Caleb, you're gonna lead us off. What do you have for the Spurs? Uh, yeah, this is this was kind of more of a scenario again. Um, I said this is Budweiser starting to invest in craft beer. Um, like the infrastructure is still there, but like all of the old faces are gone. It's like, yeah, Budweiser's really not that great anymore. So we need something else. Um. And and they I think they had something with with Dejounte and I mean him going down is is just brutal. Uh, we we kind of talked about the Spurs when we did our reactions to the the Kawhi trade and I I was actually kind of looking forward to where they were gonna end up this year. I thought they kind of won that that Kawhi trade getting DeRozan and and Potal in there. Um, now it's kind of a question of who's who are the guards gonna be. Uh, we we said earlier that that they were gonna rely on Lonnie Walker to be kind of a scorer, and now they're going to really have to rely on him. Uh, he's also that, out he's six, six weeks, I think. Yeah. 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 That, that should be interesting. So we'll, we'll see what the Spurs, I th- I mean, it, it just seems like they're, they'll win 45 games just because of Popovich still, but yeah. uh, it, it's definitely going to be a new look with, with no Ginobili and Parker this year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like it's still Spurs basketball. So you know, kind of what you're going to get. Um, but I think for maybe the first time, maybe not the first time, but in a while they're like more reeling than they'll ever admit to letting on. Um, I think that, you know, with Kawhi, I think Popovich is like, I think that really, really hurt him. Like he, it seemed like that was kind of his, his guy, like Kawhi was made for that team. Um, and then of course you, you lose Murray and like we mentioned, Lonnie Walker, too. Now they're out a couple, like, more or less key guards. 
Um, so I went like red wine before a night out, like not really what you would go with going into a night on the town. Um, but you're still, you're still going to put a good product out there. And I think they're going to do enough to squeak into the playoffs maybe. Um, but yeah, just like, uh, I feel for San Antonio this year. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I almost went with the red wine. I forget. I think it was for the, okay. So here's my logic here. Uh, that Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan lineup is just the, the long two-iest long two lineup that's, that's been put out there in a while, which, uh, is, is really kind of, I mean, if there's any coach that can make it work and, and make an efficient offense out of it, it's Greg Popovich. So they will be just fine. And, and those three guys, I doubt will be on the floor very much together. Uh, but without Murray, it's going to be interesting of how they, they create offense and, and defense too, especially because he was a first team all defense player last year. Uh, but I had the Spurs as a Corona because, uh, a Corona is a glass bottle. You cannot shotgun it. It's in very hard to, to chug. It's a low percentage um, al- al- alcoholic beverage. You kind of have to sip it slowly, usually in kind of a beach scenario where it's not any, uh, not any uh, you know, impetus to finish it quickly. It's a very inefficient beer, uh, which I think is what the Spurs are going to have to be if they want to make it work, is uh, rely on a whole vo- high volume of kind of ugly uh, Aldridge-esque shots. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if the Spurs make the playoffs. Like if I'm looking up and down this list, can, can you safely say that the Spurs make the playoffs? Safely, no, no, not at all. I think they can squeak in. I don't. I don't think that they can get higher than like a six or six seed or so. No, there's no way. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird, but I mean that I don't know how much that I mean that like the, their playoff outlook doesn't really change a whole lot with Murray. Like I don't think if Murray's playing now, I think they're a top four seed. I think it's just an honestly hard hard conference. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they they make that work. <laughs> the, the, the jazz uh caleb mentioned the, the pink lemonade plus uh plus beer which makes it into to the aforementioned drink there uh that was what the jazz happened or what happened with the jazz last year um ingles uh Derek favors rudy gobert etc are all very good role players but adding mitchell in there is like when you're like yeah let's just pour a beer in here see what happens and uh it really took their everything to the whole nother level and kind of changed their outlook of the entire franchise, I think, with, with a, a guy like Mitchell who you hit on at 13 and now looks like you have a, a perennial all-star um, as, as your lead guard, which is um, just, just good news. And now people are talking about them as like the potential two or three seed in the West, which is just crazy. Jesus. Yeah, I heard, I heard that today. Are the Utah Jazz, Jazz Rockets, and uh, Thunder as like your top bets for the, the two seed in the West? That's wild. Fifty wins is the over under. I'd take the over, but I don't I'd know. I don't know. I don't know if they they just like if last year was as good as it gets, or and you know Mitchell's going to come back down a little bit, or if he's just so good that he's he's just going to keep on going exactly where he was last year. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be similar, but you're maybe like similar stat wise, but maybe mean more to the team his second year around. Um, and then like just the health factor, like they're getting Burks back healthy and Exum, um, and then Gobert. hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, just that alone should improve them. And then Royce O'Neal, I think is like, he's that guy who, like people were saying in Utah, he's the best wing defender they've had in a long, long time. So 
Like you put together some of those pieces along with Jay Crowder being another really good defender. Like that sets him up to compete with those top dogs. So, yeah. Plus Grayson Allen too. I mean, if, if you think about just kind of the, the strides they've made offensively, adding guards like Rubio, Mitchell, and, and now Allen on top of that. And even O'Neal in transition is, is a beast. They just right. completely expanded their, their capabilities from what it looked like they were facing or what the cover looked like after, uh, after they, they beat, beat LA, beat the Clippers in the first round and then Gordon Hayward left. So what's, what's your, uh, booze equivalent there? Oh, I went with uh, pocket shots. Um, it means you're doing something fun. You're doing something right. And there's a lot of versatility to them. You can put them in something else. You can take them straight, and they're just a they're a good time all around. Are they also gin? Uh, yeah, I mean you can go with whatever you want. That's the beauty of a pocket shot. <laughs> Great, Caleb. <laughs> I had uh, for the Utah Jazz. It's it's a very nice whiskey. Just just straight, not even on the rocks. It expe- expectations are high, and then I drink it, and I'm like. And I don't know if that, I feel I like that, if I didn't like that, but I think I'm going to go in for some more. Um, <laughs> it just seems like they're really relying on Donovan Mitchell to, to be outstanding again. I mean, other than guys kind of coming off of injuries, they didn't really add a whole lot um, this offseason. I know Gobert will hopefully play some more games this year um, and, and Exum as well, but it it just seems like it's kind of going to be in Donovan Mitchell's hands again. And he was so, so good last year. Um, I don't, I don't know what his, his ceiling is. Um, it'll be interesting to watch, but I think, I think the two seed is a little high expectations. That's just in my opinion. I think yeah. what, what we really need out of the jazz is for uh, Joe Ingles and, and Paul George to be the next great NBA feud. I think that we got <laughs> close last year uh, but that series only going five games didn't really do us a whole lot of good. I think if that series goes seven, we were on the cusp of something really good there. That could be fun. Yeah, man. Joe Ingles was so good last year. He's the best. He's the yeah, best. He is. Just, just continuously outperforming everything that you would expect out of Joe Ingles. Um, any other thoughts on the West, or are we going to put this put this one to bed and move on to uh, to my my coast? Let's do it. I think I think it's going to be a super tough tough conference this year. Um, we'll see what happens. That was the Western Conference version of NBA Bartenders. Special thanks to Jordan and Caleb for their diligent work and time. And you'll hear from us tomorrow when we do the same thing for the Eastern Conference. Peace.